he let you drive the Buick? Yeah, slow on the driveway. Well, I'll have to let you drive sometime. Raymond, Raymond! You never, never touch the steering wheel when I'm driving. Do you hear me? Yeah. Do you hear me? Of course, I don't have my underwear. What? I'm definitely not wearing my underwear. What are you talking about? I gave you a fresh pair of mine this morning. No, not my underwear. Where? I told you to go in the bathroom and put them on. Where are they? Of course, they're in the pocket of my jacket. Where? Here. These, these are too tight. I don't want them back, right? These are not boxer shorts. Mine are boxer shorts. Well, what's the difference? These are Hanes 32. Right? These are Hanes 32. Oh, my boxer shorts have my name and it says Rain. Well, all, right, all right, all right. When we pass the store, we'll pick you up a pair of boxer shorts. I get my boxer shorts at Kmart Cincinnati. We're not going back to Cincinnati, right? So we're going to start with that. 400 Oak Street. We're not going back to Cincinnati. You don't have to go to Cincinnati to pick up boxer shorts. That's Oak and Burnett, Cincinnati. What did I say, right? It's Kmart. What I, you hear me. I know you hear me. My boxer shorts. Don't fool my... me with this shit for a second. Yours are too tight. Ray, did you fucking hear what I said? Shut up! Yeah. Cincinnati's a long way off. When you're getting further away from Kmart. You don't have to go to Cincinnati to get a pair of underwear at Kmart. You have to go to Kmart, 400 Oak Street. What I tell you, Ray, we are not going to Cincinnati, and that's final. Get my boxer shorts at Kmart. Raymond, that is final. Did you hear me? I'm going to be short. This week on the podcast, take your 1949 Buick Roadmaster for a drive, but only on Saturdays. Buy your underwear from Kmart and count toothpicks. That's right. This week, it's time to talk about Rain Man on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. Yeah. So this movie opens up um, with a Ferrari being lowered by helicopter. Um, Tom Cruise's character, Charlie, you see his reflection in another car. Um, and the song uh, Ico Ico is playing. Yeah. Love that song. <laughs> And I am Paul Conlon. Across from me is Jason Martin. Yeah, I am, Anna. Yeah. Talking on his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you see the uh, all three of them, uh, which is Charlie and his uh, Susanna and I um, can't remember the other guy that works there, but uh, all yeah. three of them are on the phone. And she's actually speaking Italian. They're talking about uh, clearing EPA regulations. Valeria Golina, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Valeria Galena. Yeah, she was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure or Big, Big Top Adventure. Um, right, Big Top, right. But she was also uh, Hot Shots was her other biggest role. Ah, I, think. Okay. I think that was probably her probably her biggest with the uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was the one where he uh, 
put an olive, put an olive in her belly button, and like pushed on her belly button, and then the oh pig, yeah, yeah, like the pimento flew into his mouth, her mouth, or whatever it was. Um, and uh, they're all three on the phone. Uh, they're basically just trying to uh, unload these foreign cars, trying to get away from get around the uh, regulations of the EPA and different things um, to sell these uh, expensive. Make a lot of money. Right, right. Buy them wholesale and sell them retail and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But they got problems. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then uh, Charlie and uh, Susanna, um, they're going on a they're on the on the interstate. They're going to uh, they're going to Palm Springs. Uh, and uh, you know, she says she says, "Could you possibly say ten or twelve words before we reach the hotel?" You can consider it foreplay. <laughs> so he's basically just, for whatever reason, he's just, you know. He's sort of checked out of the relationship. Yeah. Or yeah. at least uh, more involved with himself than with her. Right, right. Um, and uh, his uh, his lawyer uh, calls on his uh, his car phone. And, uh, well, I'm sorry. The third guy. The guy the guy they work with called. The lawyer had called his work. And he said, uh, Charlie, your, your father died. And he's like, I'm sorry if there's anything I can do for you. And he cuts off the call mid-sentence when he's talking. Mm. And he basically has no reaction. Um, and uh, and uh, Suzanne is very, uh, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you know, that happened. And Charlie tells a story about the Buick um, that basically he wasn't allowed to touch it kind of thing. And he tells a story about how when he was, uh, really young, anyway. He stole it and drove it, and uh, he was like sixteen. Yeah, I think he might have been younger than that. No, he said he liked it when he was really young. Okay, but he was told he couldn't touch it. It was a, it was whatever it was, you know, off limits. Mm. And when he was sixteen, it was like the first time I got nearly all A's. Yeah. So I decided I wanted. I asked my dad if I could take the, the gang mm-hmm. out for a ride in the mm-hmm. car, and he said no. So yeah, I took it anyway. Yeah. And uh, his dad called it in for being stolen, and. Mm-hmm. All the other kids' dads came and got them out within an hour or so, and his dad left him in jail for two days. Two days, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, after that happened, I left home. I never saw him again. And uh, the uh, he mentions to uh, Susanna, he's like, when I was a kid, and I got scared. The rain man would come to sing and come and sing to me. And uh, Susanna asked, what, what, who's that? And he's like, oh, one of those imaginary childhood friends. Um, and uh, you know they're uh, they have the funeral. Uh, he goes to the funeral, and uh, afterward they get to the. They're, he's with the lawyer reading the will. Uh, Charlie gets the Buick and the rose bushes. And the rose bushes. Right, right. And uh, this trustee, whoever it is, gets three million dollars. Uh, the bulk of the estate. Everything yeah. is liquefied, and all the money goes to the trustee. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and uh, Charlie says, well, he got he got three million dollars, but I definitely got the rose bushes, right? I got the rose bushes. Um, and Charlie asked the lawyer, you know, did you hear it? And the lawyer says, did you? He's like, no, could you please repeat it? Because I can't fucking believe my I can't believe my fucking ears. <laughs> um, so he's understandably pissed off and uh, goes to the bank uh, to question to them f- about it. Right. To find out who the trustee is. And he's. We don't hear the whole conversation, but he's flirting with the woman at the bank. Yeah. So that's how he and got he basically his information. We're following his trail as he's trying to discover what's going on. Right. Zip at Wellbrook. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, and they the Wilbrick, and they don't know what Wilbrick is really. But then you see a kid, uh, you know, a guy with Down syndrome walking, you know. So you, you, maybe you get a hint of what's going on, yeah. but we don't really know uh, what it is. Kind of go to place in a direction where they're maybe not supposed to be. They come to like a day room, mm-hmm. and there's a, a number of uh, I don't know stunned looking people. Yeah, there, and you're not sure what's going on. Right. Uh, until another kid, possibly with Down syndrome, walks in. I would watch TV, and yeah, and uh, everyone kind of looks kind of out of it. Right. And you're still not entirely sure what, what the place is. Yeah. But you're getting, like I said, more of a sense of right. what kind of uh, uh, care facility it could be. Yeah. And uh, then we cut to him talking to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, interesting part, uh, Gerald R. Uh, Mullen, mm-hmm. he's one of the producers of the movie. Mm-hmm. He was also one of the producers of the movie in our last podcast, yeah. uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. So he's not just a producer, he's an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those faces I've seen, but maybe it's just because I've seen this episode many times, but you know, he's definitely a familiar face for sure. Um, and I want to point out that the, the, the people while watching TV, they're watching uh, uh, the game show Sail the Century, or which I used to love, actually. I used to love that a lot. It was just a good trivia sort of, you know, it was a trivia game show. Yeah. Not as not as uh, dense as uh, Jeopardy as far as number of questions, but, sure. it, was, but it was a pretty good uh, trivia game show on like the mid eighties. Um, and uh, and uh, and then you uh, you uh, cut back outside and you just see the Buick. Um, and you hear the voices, and uh, um, Susanna is talking to Raymond, and uh, he's saying, "Yeah, my dad lets me drive it slow on the drive the driveway, but on Saturdays. Today's a Monday, not yeah. not today. Today's a Monday, but on Saturdays, I'm an excellent driver." Which that phrase, "I'm an excellent driver," was the shortcut to anybody um, doing an impression of Rain Man. I'm an excellent driver through the through the late '80s, early '90s, all the '90s. Probably a lot of different stem comedians did that. Uh, I'm an excellent driver bit. Um, and uh, he said he drives his car on Saturday, not on Monday, definitely not on Monday. Um, and uh, Charlie walks back up, or boy, Charlie with Bruner's like, who's this guy? This is, I'm sorry, this is, this happens after. He gets back to the car and then. He pulls Raymond out. Raymond is... And he gets in the car to leave, and Raymond says, you know, I, I liked it better when it had the original brown leather, right. and not this garish red stuff. Yeah. And uh, and Tom Cruise like, it did have a yeah. brown leather, leather right. originally, and he starts talking to Raymond. He, 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 he rattles off his dad's full name or yeah, whatever, the address, and that's the address. He's like, who is this guy? And then he goes to talk to Brenner, and he's like, this is your brother. Yes. Um, and... Uh, uh, Raymond's watching uh, the People's Court, <laughs> and he's trying to find out from Bruner exactly what's what's wrong with him. He's like, you know, is he autistic savant? He's, and Charlie and Charlie says, is he retarded? He's like, no, not not exactly. He's autistic. Um, and uh, you know, he says, uh, yes. Does he know how much money he he's been left? And Bruner says, no, he doesn't understand the concept of money. And uh, yeah. Charlie's like, oh, that's that's fucking poetic right there, you know. Doesn't understand the concept of money and just has three million dollars now. Um, and they're in uh, 
Raymond's room and he's got a photo from uh, uh, a photo from Crosley Field, um, which living in Cincinnati, he's a baseball fan. He's a big baseball Reds fan. And it's a photo of the last pitch from Crosley Field, June 24th, 1970, which was the Reds home for probably 60 years or so. Uh, all those ballparks uh, were getting replaced, basically, for the most part at this time. One at a time, yeah. Yeah. And I looked it up because I knew it was close. And then Forbes Field in Pittsburgh closed four days after that. Wow. Uh, and then uh, the uh, Phillies old ballpark, which was Connie Mack Stadium, originally was Scheib Park in Philly, was October 1st, of 1970, that same year. But it was four days later, the Pirates Stadium. So, you know, it makes sense that you would have a picture of old uh, Crosley Field, the uh, last pitch on it. Uh, he's reciting uh, who's on first over and over again. Um, and uh, you meet uh, the guy named Vern, who's his, not really the head of the place, but like his, I, I, I don't know, it's his main caretaker kind of thing. And uh, he's saying, oh, Vern, I didn't visit. Um, and... Uh, they, uh, Charlie and Suzanne are there, and uh, he's looking at all the books. And basically, finds out he's read them all. And uh, Raymond says, You know, you've read all the stories in this book, but you don't know if you read it. Have you read all those books? Yeah, have you, you know, what's it? Have you read these? No, I don't know. He doesn't, you know, he's read them all, he's probably memorized them all, but yes, but he can't really the talk logic. And answer questions. It's the, the confrontational conversation that he really can't handle there yeah yeah the logic of actually expressing that yes i read them yes. i understand it um and uh and uh raymond and charlie are outside talking about talking about baseball and uh he's like you know i need to go back to la maybe you'd like to go to dodger stadium and see fernando valenzuela pitch and raymond says today's an off day it's like that's all right we'll go we'll go another we'll go tomorrow it's like his next schedule start is on Wednesday. He's like, I don't have anything to do on Wednesday, you know. So the plan is they're going to fly. Uh, they're going to fly back to L.A. and uh, going to take him to a Dodger game. Um, and then uh, Raymond just leaves with Charlie just right out the front door. He just kind of walks him out. Yeah. And uh, so they're in a hotel room, um, and uh, Charlie and Suzanne are having sex, and uh, – and he, Raymond hears them, and he start making Raymond starts making noises, mimicking <laughs> their grunts. And then he walks in. Uh, he walks in, and then sits on the bed and starts watching TV while they're having sex. Yes. And uh, uh, on TV is uh, the movie is the sweet smell, the sweet smell of success, which I finally watched about a year ago. It's pretty good. Burt Lancaster and uh, Tony Curtis movie, pretty good movie uh, about the media and stuff like that. Um, but uh, uh, Susanna gets pissed off and leaves um, because the way that he's treating his brother, basically. And she realized how he's really a user, as many salesmen are. Yeah. Uh, part of the personality. Mm -hmm. And she's just fed up with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he says, I'm not using you. And uh, Charlie says, Raymond, am I using you? He said, Yeah. <laughs> says, shut up, Raymond. That's great. On cue, he says, yeah. Um, and uh, Charlie and Raymond uh, go to the diner. Um, and uh, uh, Bonnie Hunt is there, plays the waitress. And uh, he knows her phone number. 
because he memorized a third of the phone book, basically. Yep, to the G's. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the names that he mentions there, mm-hmm. uh, Marsha and uh, William. Yeah. Uh, got Sajin, I think it was like that. Something with Gio, uh, something. Yeah. But uh, that was actually uh, Hoppin's in-laws. Yeah. yeah. And that was Bonnie Hunt's first role, first movie role. Yeah. So. Yeah, Bonnie Hunt, um, she comes up a lot on uh, this podcast I listen to, TD Guidance Counselor. Uh, the host of it likes her a lot. He mentions her often. And she, um, apparently Bonnie Hunt, when, um, when, um, on Designing Women, when uh, Delta Burke and, um, uh, God, what's her name? The blonde. When they left the show, Jean Smart, when they left the show, um, they offered Bonnie Hunt uh, one of the roles, wow. uh, probably the Jean Smart role. Guess, and basically, I think I think it was like it was already it was a hit show, so they offered like good money. I think it might have been like thirty thousand dollars an episode or something, whatever. Well, something like that. I don't know, something like that. Um, maybe it wasn't that much, but anyway, she she didn't like she didn't think the show was very good. She turned it down and went and went and worked at a cancer hospital uh, for twenty two thousand dollars a year. Wow. <laughs> So he mentioned that story several times. It's pretty good, pretty good story. Um, but yeah, Bonnie Hunt is a well respected by. Uh, um, yeah, I mean she's I like good. It. Yeah, I do too. Anyway, it's you know the fact that he knows her phone number. She's like, how did you, you know, how did you know that? You know, they explain. You know, he memorized basically the phone book, which I can't believe she still probably believed because that sounds yeah. crazy. The way she says it, okay, you guys is like, like she yeah. thinks they're trying to pull some right. line on her. That's uh, yeah, yeah. It's way crazier than the, yeah. the truth is way crazier than, yeah. But um, so they're going to order. Uh, he's Raymond says, well, Tuesday we have pancakes. Like, oh, pancakes. That's great. <laughs> he orders the pancakes. Like, of course, the maple syrup after the pancakes, definitely going to be too late. Going to be too yeah. late after the pancakes. He's like they're going to bring, they're going to bring the maple syrup. They're going to bring it. You know, the pancakes, we haven't even ordered yet. You know, this is actually a, a pretty good scene of, the two of them mm-hmm. learning to communicate with each other. Yeah. And the thing is that Raymond, his communication is tunnel vision, singular, mm-hmm. intractable, unchangeable. Mm-hmm. And Charlie has to learn mm-hmm. that it is what it is. And you either go with the flow or you ignore him. Mm-hmm. And in this scene, he had quite learned that. Right. Right. And he well, keeps- maybe, maybe has a little because he does. Give him some toothpicks that that comes up and right, does right. something interesting. But he's saying he's saying like, no, Raymond, you can't you can't eat pancakes with toothpicks. You're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be messy. Yeah. You, gotta, you know, use a use a fork or whatever. And uh, and then the waitress, you know, they ask for toothpicks. Eventually, of course, the famous scene. She drops them on the floor, and he, you know, he says two hundred forty six. Well, he actually says 88, 88, 88. 246. So 88 plus 88 plus 88 is 246. Oh, okay. And I mentioned the time. But the fact that he did 88, 88, 88 means that he segmented what he was looking at. Yeah. Even in the pile. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he broke it down. He didn't just like look at it and know what it was. Yeah. He broke it down to workable segments, but still that's very impressive to yeah. look at that and see that. Um, and then of course the the oh how many toothpicks are in the box? 250. Oh, you're pretty close. There goes yeah. the older four left in the box. Yeah. Yeah. This is where 
Charlie starts to realize that Raymond's got something. Right. And um, I have to mention before I forget it, uh, I reference this and the community where uh, Abed's character, who who is a little bit similar to Rain Man, uh, he's supposed probably got Asperger's, but uh, there's an episode where they bring in a box of bagels and they drop on the ground and he looks at him and says, 13. <laughs> <laughs> no one comments on it. No one says you're right. No one says, hey, that's a Rain Man reference. It's obviously a Rain Man reference. And also, counting 13 bagels is way less impressive than counting 246 yes. toothpicks. So I could maybe do that if I had to, I think. But, you know. Um, and uh, and they're, uh, they're in the car and the radio's on. And the, uh, the radio station to listen to is 97X, pow, the future <laughs> of rock and roll. And he keeps saying it over and over and over again. That was a real station there in Ohio. In Ohio. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. And uh, apparently it was, uh, it was around for a long time. Uh, I feel like only in the 2000s did it like go internet only and then oh, okay. all, then disappeared altogether. So, okay. Okay, yeah. Much like a 99X. Yeah. Although I think you could still find well, yeah. not, well, there's a 99X, but it's not the station that it was right. when we were listening to alternative music. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who are outside of Atlanta, that was the premier premier uh, alternative rock station. Uh was around for a long time. Yeah, And it was uh, one of the biggest in the nation for a while. Was it? Yeah, for okay. alternative rock. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was definitely formed my uh, musical taste uh, for many years. I remember when it was Power 99, mm -hmm. and they just started... Doing like at nine o'clock at night, Wolf and Darvis was doing alternative music for a couple hours, like like nine to midnight. Mm -hmm. And so I was, hey, you can listen to this really cool new music that you're putting on there. And then just took over the whole station. Okay. Yeah. When I first moved to Georgia, a few weeks after I moved here, I went to my first concert here, which was at Georgia Tech's basketball arena and um, it was sponsored by NX and it was um, Weezer opening for live. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But a good show. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I remember one of the uh, one of the nighttime DJs was actually there, and I kind of met him. Um, can't remember his name now, but I don't know if I heard it. Uh, one of the nighttime guys. Was it Steve Craig or no? I think it was really nighttime DJ. Yeah, uh, Axel. Yeah, it was Axel. It was Axel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him there. Um, but yeah, on uh, Yeah. Cool. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> and uh, they go. They're at the airport, and. Um, you're about to get on a plane, and uh, Raymond is not a fan. Starts quoting uh, the last the last wreck for every single airline. Yes. He's like, we're gonna, they're going to go American. Well, that's all right. We'll go. You know, we'll go. No, they, and they had they had. What about Delta? It leaves at midnight. But what about Delta? And he names the last wreck by Delta. How many yeah. people died? What, what the what the type of plane it was? And he's like, Charlie says every airline has had a wreck. That doesn't mean they're not safe. Every airline has had a wreck. And, Ray and Raymond says, Qantas. It's like, Qantas? Did you say Qantas? Qantas? So apparently, uh, Qantas, as of like 2019, has not lost mm -hmm. a jet. But prior to this movie being made, they did have about eight crashes, all prop airplanes. Oh, okay. So true, they didn't lose any. Nobody died. Any yet. Well, I don't know about that, but they didn't lose any jet airliners. Oh, okay. okay. But they did lose a few prop airplanes. Okay. So, so, but yeah, I did look up. So there so wasn't like still... zero accidents. It was just no jet airliners. Okay. Until 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's still still true that they haven't 
you know, as of last, as of 2019 at least. Um, and, uh, and Ray just starts screaming basically. Cause he's like, he's not going to fly. Right. So they realize they've got to, they got to drive. So then they get on the interstate. But also Charlie's starting to realize that he can't really force Raymond to do anything because Raymond can just throw a fit. Right. Which is uh, way over the top. Mm-hmm. But someone else might do. And he's got to uh, right. uh, adjust his uh, thinking and itinerary mm-hmm. to what's going on. Yeah. Um, so they get on the interstate and then uh, they're stopped on the interstate because there's been a wreck. And Raymond's like, that was definitely a fatal wreck, fatal wreck. He gets out of the car and starts walking and, you know. He'll get back in the car. It's too dangerous on the road. Got to get off the main road. So Charlie comes with the idea, well, why don't you just walk in front of the car until the next exit will get off the main road? Yeah. And who knows how long that takes. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Probably, t- yeah. Probably took half the night or so. Yeah. Or, yeah. or at least, at least, very least, probably took an hour. Yeah. Because the, the finally, from the time they finally show them, uh, walking up the exit, if you don't see any flashing lights from the police, or whatever, way behind him in the back, right, which right. which show maybe it wasn't that far of a walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks very lonely and isolated when they get off on mm-hmm. the exit ramp. And like, oh, who knows how who knows how long that could have been? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and so the and then you, next thing you see, they're in a little motel, and it's raining. It's like okay, now we can't go anywhere because it's raining. Raining, yes. It's like raining. You take you take showers, don't you? You take showers, like you know. Yeah, but that's in the bathroom or something, basically his logic. Like, can't go anywhere because it's raining. Um, he has to go out. Charlie has to go out and get him lunch. Like, today we have fish sticks and lime jello. Yeah. Oh, lime jello again. He, he brings up uh, the fish sticks. Right. Should, should be eight fish sticks, and they're only four. He takes a fork and cuts them. Now they're eight. Right. And Charlie um, and Raymond eats them. Right, exactly. It's like the logic is checks out. Yeah. yeah. And it, lime jello is, is a factor again. Yeah, Two straight it, movies. Must be the producer. Yeah. Gerald R. He's a big Lime Jello fan. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's interesting, Lime Jello. Um, and uh, they're driving down the road, and uh, Raymond says, um, talks about how he, how he drove. And uh, Charlie says, You know how to drive? He's like, Yeah, I'm an excellent driver. And <laughs> it's so great. Charlie says, we'll have to let you drive sometime. And Raymond just grabs the wheel. Yeah, right then and there. Just grabs the wheel. Uh, then he's pretty pissed. Um, and he's talking about how, how he doesn't have his underwear. He has to go to Cincinnati, to Kmart in Cincinnati to get his underwear. <laughs> he's rattling off the address of the Kmart. Um, and uh, he, uh, you know, in it's interesting because I specifically remember, like, because Sears was the number one department store for, I don't know, decades and decades and decades. And there was one year, which was actually, I remember this, I heard it on radio once, Kmart, 1988 was the year Kmart was number one, and then Walmart passed them. Of course, Walmart has been there ever since. As far as department it's interesting, the, uh, the location you mentioned for the Kmart, mm-hmm. the two streets, uh, is actually a, a hotel. It's the hotel that the three of them stayed at when they when they got them out of Walbrook. Oh, is it? So uh, there's none that actually came right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm um, sure there's one in that city, but not there. Right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he's uh, Charlie's making a phone call, and uh, he realizes that Raymond got out of the car, 
and he's just he's standing in an intersection. He'd went to a store apparently and bought Cheetos and something else. And he was crossing the crosswalk, yeah. said, walk, walk, and then it said, Don't walk, and he just stopped. Yeah, stopped in the middle of the intersection. And uh, a, a guy wanted to move through with his truck, and he <laughs> got out and tried to move along, and that's when Charlie fortunately found him. Yeah, uh, they're starting to get a little freaky and, and odd. Yeah, yeah, and uh. He takes uh, Charlie takes Raymond to a, a local, local um, a doctor, and uh, this is when they're in the lobby, and uh, the nurse doesn't know, you know, what it is. Like he's artistic, you know, and it doesn't know what autistic is. And this is when they're in the lobby with the man. Yeah, talking about the Pony Express. Express. And this guy <laughs> was a local who was just there, and he was talking about his favorite subject. The Pony Express mm-hmm. and Levinson liked it so much he just let the cameras roll and let him. Yeah, all that all his dialogue was just spontaneous as him talking about Pony Express. It was great. He was just he's just not just and looking off in whatever one direction, just talking. It was great. And then uh, Raymond's next to him, um, next to him, and kind of not looking at him, kind of looking pe- sort of next to him. And he's got his camera there, and he's taking pictures. <laughs> one one picture he takes is like of his knee or something. He's taking a picture of the floor. It's just now those pictures uh, actually wind up at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool. I was watching this. I'm like, oh, that's what those were. Mm-hmm. The Polaroids and pictures were taken. Not Polaroids, but just pictures. Right, right. Were then put at the end of the movie under the credits. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. There are two guys that are just kind of in their own worlds in that scene, just kind of looking past each other. Um, and this is where they get in the the, uh, the room. And they're talking to the doctor, and the the guy knows a little bit about it, but he doesn't know a lot about it really. But he's like, "I heard about this. You know, let me try something." He gets a calculator out, and uh, he's asking him like, "You know, what's whatever three hundred twelve times seventy five? Yes. And he, he knows the answer. He knows all these answers." As fa- faster than the calculator can calculate it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's pretty, you know, remarkable. And um, but then he asked him, he's like, hey, "How much does a candy bar cost?" About hundred dollars. If if uh, if you buy a candy bar for 50, if you have a dollar and you buy a candy bar for fifty cents, how much money do you have left over? Seventy cents. Yeah, he can't do all types of math. He can't do right word problems. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, other associative things is yeah. not there, but he can do. Yeah, the, the straight math. Yeah, he asked him how does how many of those those new compact cars cost? About a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, this is uh, Charlie and Raymond uh, are in the phone booth together, and uh, Charlie's calling about trying to get his business stuff about his business, and uh, he's like, Raymond, did you did you fart? Did you fucking <laughs> fart? <laughs> That's a great laugh. He's like, yeah, he's doing it. I'm used to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was great. In a phone booth, a tight phone booth together. They're already talking about how small it is because he's got a book, uh, backpack on. Um, this is where they stop at the uh, they stop at the farmhouse because they realize he has to see uh, people score. He has to see people scored at three three p.m. and uh, he uh, knocks on the door and uh, he tells the uh, wife, um, "Yeah, I'm with the uh, AC Nielsen company." Um, we need to, uh, you know, he's trying all this bullshit. And actually, I've got a, a Nielsen story because um, when I lived at the, the uh, in Duluth, the um, 
the Nielsen people, uh, me and my roommate Jay knocked on the door yeah. and they were wanting to do Nielsen thing with us. And they realized we had a TiVo and it was early TiVo and yeah. they had no idea how to deal with that. Like they wanted to do it, but they, they had no way to monitor the yeah. TiVo. They didn't know the so technology yet. They didn't do it. So, you know, so that was the end of that. And we'll be back right after this. All right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Of course, there's an airplane out there. Yeah, that's right. And everybody's boarding. Let's go. Airline travel's very dangerous. But don't be silly. It's the safest travel in the world. You're going to love this. Trust me. Yeah. Now, come on. Oh, no. Ray? Yeah? We're in an airport. People yeah. fly out of airports. What do you think we were doing here this whole time? Yeah, flying's very dangerous. 1987, there were 30 airline accidents. 211 were fatalities. And 231 were death and passengers. Well, this plane is very safe. Believe yeah. me. Now, i got to get to LA and I'm going to have time Shit. Come on. Oh, I, Ray? I, I, I Ray? Don't know. I don't, I don't know. You don't know? No. What, is it this airline? Yeah. Is it this airline? Okay, fine. No. We can, uh, there's a, there's an American plane. American Flight 625 crashed April 27, 1976. We don't have to take American. There's a, there's a lot of flights. Yeah, there's yeah. another airline. Continental. Continental crashed November 15, 1987. Flight 1713, 28 casualties. This is very serious, Ray. Yeah, very serious. You see, I have to get to Los Angeles, right? So you're gonna get on that plane. Do you understand me? Yeah. You're gonna have to get on a plane. Yeah, get on a plane. Yeah. Now there's a, there's a Delta. Yeah. I mean, it leaves at midnight, Ray, you know, but Delta, how's Delta? The Delta crashed August 2nd, 1985, Lockheed L-1011, Dallas, Fort Worth. Right, right. Terrible wind. All airlines. 135. All, all airlines have crashed at one time yeah. or another. That doesn't mean that they are not safe. Quantus. Qantas? Qantas never crashed. Qantas? Never crashed. Well, that's... Never crashed. I mean, that's going to do me a lot of good, Ray. Yeah. You see, Qantas doesn't fly to L.A. out of Cincinnati. You have got to get to Melbourne. Australia. Melbourne, Australia, in yeah. order to get the plane that flies to Los Angeles. Do you hear me? Bears a capital. 16.2 million population. It's very Don't lovely give me a bunch of You and I are going to get on this fucking plane. Yeah, no, no. We're not going to take the plane. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. We're not going to take the plane. Just, 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 just relax. He was, yeah. he was upset. We were going to take the plane. We're not going to take the plane now. We're not going to take the plane, Ray. We're not going to fly. Okay? No flying. Not going to fly. No flying. You're tired of me, Ray. Yeah. All right, we were back here on the podcast talking about Rain Man. Uh, this movie on Rotten Tomatoes is an 89. Pretty high. Pretty good. It's pretty good, but I expected higher. For a uh, best picture. Yeah. Player, yeah. Holding two of the top box office draws over a 60-year period. Yeah, yeah. Justin yeah. Hoffman starting in uh, the mid-60s. Yeah. Current time cruise. Yeah. Yeah. I expected higher, but yeah. yeah. 60 years in, but wow. Yeah. Um, well, over 50 at least. Yeah. 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 Um, Maybe, yeah. Uh, budget on this movie $25 million. Uh, box office $412 million. Wow. Not too bad. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, adjusted box office $911 million. Not too shabby. Yeah. So this, this movie is definitely in our top uh, echelon of our movies we've done. This is in the maybe number five or six, probably. Maybe, maybe, maybe top four. But, um, 
<coughs> yeah, nine hundred eleven million dollars. The last movie we did what was it Jurassic Park was mm -hmm. the number one box office. Yes, definitely movie on your list of things. which was nearly two billion dollars. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. Um, yes. So Oscar Oscars for this movie winners best picture best director uh, best uh, lead actor for Hoffman uh, best screenplay uh, nominations for cinematography art direction editing uh, score uh, for Hans Zimmer. The nominations. This is, I think, I think I read that this was the only best Oscar winner to not garner a single supporting nomination for an actor or actress. Huh. Um, not that there are too many actresses in here to get that, but Tom Cruise would have been supporting right. actor. Yeah. So basically, it was he didn't get one. Right. Uh, right. Uh, apparently, uh, every other winner mm -hmm. generated at least one supporting nomination for huh. an actor and actress. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up that Cruz didn't get a nomination for this. Uh, gee, uh, I read a thing here that uh, Michael Caine says it's his favorite Tom Cruise performance. It's mine. Um, and the, one of the reasons is that late in his life, Michael Caine found out that he had a brother he never knew about. Really? Who was in an institution for epilepsy. Hmm. Uh, I guess he was unable to function in life. Um, and that he said that Hoffman's was the show performance right, right but Cruz is the one who had to bring the audience around to Raymond's point of view because Raymond's character couldn't do it right you had to either follow along and just get it mm -hmm. or Tom Cruise's character had to bring himself around and thus the audience around he said Cruz's performance was the one that made the movie yeah which I, which I follow through as well because I, yeah. a character like Raymond is very one-dimensional, very focused, very tunnel vision, mm -hmm. and it doesn't invite the viewer in. Right. right. You can you can watch mm -hmm. like in a documentary, but you're not. You can't really become part of it. So you have to have that other character mm -hmm. to bring you in. In fact, it's uh, also read that Valer, Valeria Galina. Mm -hmm. uh, the part was originally written as a blonde American, mm -hmm. but by putting a foreigner speaks another language as their main language. It allows Tom, allowed Tom Cruise to do exposition about what was going on. True. At various points in the movie whenever she was there. Because she can't necessarily she, understand things as well. Because her, her, because the language barrier. You know? Right. And then she even spoke of this word and that. What does this mean? That mean? And he gets to explain stuff to her and thus explain to us mm -hmm. and bring us around. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it's my favorite Tom Cruise performance. It's my favorite Dustin Hoffman performance. It's my favorite Barry Limbitson movie. Diner, I'm afraid he's my favorite Barry Levinson, yeah. uh, and I like Collateral. Oh, I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot, yeah. But yeah. For Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Caine said that. Yes. Michael Caine. You know, that's how you say Michael Caine in his accent. <laughs> in his accent. It's Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Um, and the Golden Globe wins for Best Picture, um, which is the drama category. Remember, Golden Globe does drama and comedy musical. Yeah. Um, and uh, wins for Hoffman, nominations for director and for screenplay. Uh, this movie was on the uh, the AFI top 400 nominated films, uh, both times they did the list. Um, and I forgot to mention, but um, uh, uh, Jurassic Park uh, also was nominated both times on our last episode for the AFI top 400 of wow. all time. You know, uh, this I 100% expected because it won Best Picture. That's got to be an automatic nomination, I'm sure. It needs, it must be. I mean, but uh, didn't make either list. But um, yeah, best picture winner. Uh, we haven't. Uh, 
we've had we've done a few uh, so far. Done Silence of the Lambs, yes. the Cuckoo's Nest, yes. uh, the Sting. Yes, and that might be it so far. I think I think that's it. Um, there'll be uh, probably a couple more on the list. I think. Um, and uh, this movie was released December sixteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Do you remember when you first saw the movie? Uh, I don't remember. I think I saw it in the theater. Eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was having movies in theaters. Of course, yeah. on DVDs and VHS. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was blockbusters around, but yeah, you know, why I spend the money on Blockbuster when you can see original run for about the same price. Right. Um, and nowadays the, the price for, you know, a Netflix DVD and the red box, mm-hmm. or, or I should say red box yeah. DVD is like a buck or something like that. Yeah. So it might, like, it might be two bucks now, but yeah. yeah. And when you, so you, you wait three months and it's on in red box right. uh, or on streaming. If you've got one of the services you're already paying for it, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you can go see it in the theater. Well, can't really, See too many movies in the theater right now. Yeah, the COVID restrictions. Uh, yeah. There are still some available, and still some theaters running. Uh, but you know, it's not the same as it was. But in ADA, I was big. Go see a movie. Uh, pretty sure it's on the theater. Probably mm-hmm. first week, first two weeks. Yeah, I definitely saw this in theater. Um, I saw it in the same theater that I saw Jurassic Park that I mentioned before. I definitely remember going to see this in theater and wanting to like it looked great. I remember. When the movie was out, I remember uh, a person on Good Morning America being interviewed uh, talking about autism because autism autism was was not well known at all no. before this movie. Because of this movie, it became it may have became it may have become more well known, but this movie is what made it uh, known. Uh, put the word in the American lexicon. Yeah, before this, it was basically you know. Um, Mental health people yeah. knew it, and not many others really. Um, and now, from the momentum now, there's an entire spectrum that's yeah. recognized from autism to Asperger's yeah. syndrome to uh, other uh, names. Yeah, um, that are along considered along the same spectrum where there's a, an impairment in mm-hmm. dealing with and communicating with the outside world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, this, I mean, it's a. It's unusual that a movie, I mean, not too many movies, you know, kind of make a an important thing known like that, like this movie is done. So. Well, originally, uh, I think this, as I read up, the story was uh, a mentally disabled mm-hmm. uh, character of undefined mm-hmm. uh, disability. But uh, Hoffman um, and one of the writers, you know, became aware of more paying attention to autism mm-hmm. and decided that that's the direction it should go. In fact, he, I believe that it even uh, caused one of the directors at the time, Martin Brest, to leave the movie because they didn't want to go in that direction. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the movie apparently went through several different directors um, and studios to uh, before it got made. And uh, one of the stories I read was that Warner Brothers was pitched this and Forrest Gump around the same time. Um, and when this movie was being pitched to, to them, uh, they didn't, weren't really sure if they wanted a Warner Brothers or this or the other. So they made a very weak pitch. And of course, mm. Warner Brothers passed on it and then it became the famous, the big hit it was. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, you know, while this movie was was being made, Forrest Gump got pitched to them and they saw it as the same type of movie because of the right. character. Mm-hmm. Um, so they passed on that as well. Okay. So Warner Brothers passed on both okay. movies uh, for various different reasons and watched out on both. Yeah, well, 
Rayman to to best picture winners. Well, right, and, to and big money, money. Right, and like Rayman was a massive hit, but was Forrest Gump was much bigger. Yes. <laughs> so you know, yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, the uh, this movie, the movies in theaters at the time. U um, uh, 2s Rattle and Hum, uh, They Live, Child's Play, Scrooge, The Naked Gun, Twins. Mississippi Burning, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Beaches, the first Bill and Ted's movie, and The Burbs. You know, I saw nearly all of them in the theater. Some of I didn't. I didn't see Child's Play. I knew better. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. Uh, Naked Gun. Uh, I, I'd seen the TV show. I wasn't a big fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Twins. I can't remember if I saw them in the theater or not. If I did, it was a matinee. I just was bored that day. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to get you sucker. I didn't see that in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Beaches, I did not see that in the theaters. And mm-hmm. the Burbs, I'm pretty sure I did not see it in the theaters. I was not interested in that. I saw that in the theaters. It was It's, it's a solid movie. And the other movies I, I definitely saw. Yeah. I saw Child's Play in theaters. I saw the Burbs. I saw the Naked Gun definitely in theaters. I saw... That might be it. It's funny because Child's Play has become one of the larger franchises for yeah. horror type movies, but the time when it, when it came out, I saw it as just another in a string of similar type movies. Right. Like slasher movies, basically, you know, the monster of the week kind of thing. Yeah. And I had no interest in it. Doll. Yeah. Well, I think I kind of went because, yeah, going to go see a movie. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely have only seen the first one. Um, but uh, I'm pretty sure so Bill and Ted's adventure for the same reason. Like, ah, it's a matinee day and yeah. I'm off work. I think it was working for the morning saw, shift. And Yeah, I saw it, but I don't think I saw it in theaters. And Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I've seen a bunch of times, but I did not see it in theaters. Um, That's a funny movie. Is yeah, it on, is it on your list? No, it's uh, not. But it's 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 pretty great. Um, and uh, They Live is a movie that's gotten more way more respect. Than to go to the bathroom? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, yeah, they live has gotten way more um, credibility over the years. Carpenter makes good movies, yeah, uh, and he's, he's always got a, a social aspect to to his stuff, uh, whether it's in your face or subtle. And mm-hmm. eventually, it comes back around because people notice that, yeah, that part of it, yeah. Um, now, Naked Gun is on the movie we have my list. We have not done it yet. But, Naked um, Gun's on your end? Yeah. Um, but I'd say Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is probably the closest to the list that's not on the list. Uh, it's really good. Uh, which have you seen the most, including Rayman? Uh, but I'm uh, looking at Oh, I did see Rattle Hum. I'm a big YouTube fan. I like that. Me too. Uh, seen the most Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Okay. Uh, maybe Bill and Ted right after that Scrooge. Uh a lot of those movies are, if it's on, and I'm sitting in front of the TV, I'm going to have to watch this. You know? Yeah. Um, Rain Man, I've seen the most. Well, I don't know. Actually, you know what? I've probably seen Naked Gun more than Rain Man, I think. But um, there's yeah, some good ones on Dirty Rotten Scrambles is probably the one I've seen the most. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, director on the movie, Barry Levinson. Uh, not going to rattle off his movies because we've already... Uh, we did rain. I mean, uh, wag the dog already. Mm-hmm. We already talked about it, but uh, um, Barry Levinson, um, yeah, great director, very good guy. Yeah, um, the tagline on this movie: "A journey through understanding and fellowship." Very much. It is, but is that a good tagline? <laughs> um, you know what? In 
watching the movie this past week and hearing that right now, I'm say yes, because okay. it very much goes to the heart of the story is, and the journey is, is Charlie's because mm-hmm. uh, he's the one that has to come to an understanding and it didn't really spoiler mm-hmm. till the end of the movie. They yeah. really, everyone else, re- the, the audience and he really realizes, you know, where things have to be, where yeah. they have to go. And, and he, it's his journey more than anything else. He, it's a road trip about his journey to understanding. Yeah. Okay. Because because Raymond is not going to change. Right. And everyone else already knows. The doctors know. Charlie is the only one that doesn't know. And it takes a nice long trip. Mm-hmm. And that familiarity and the closeness and uh, just being with someone to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, a C. Parker Ward on this movie, I don't know. Um, you know. I don't know what to say about C. Park Award because there's no minor actors that are probably in my other movies. So just say Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt. Yeah. Who's in another Tom Cruise movie later on? Jeremy oh, Jerry McGuire. Yeah. Warren. Yeah. Um, I want to mention uh, the song Ico Ico, which was one of my favorite songs back when this movie came out. It's been, I don't know, five years by the time the movie came out. And they played the whole song in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Well, the original, the original song was June 1962. Um, it's not on the, it didn't even make the pop charts or the R&B charts. It was number 41 on the adult contemporary chart and number 35 on the UK charts. That's the original. The original, right. The re-release, which it peaked in March of 89, was number 14 on the US charts, number seven on the dance charts, number 98 on the UK charts. Um, I love that song. I, 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 I like going. Yeah, that's, I've got two versions on my Spotify playlist. It's The original on this one? Well, the original and a different version. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original is someone else, actually. I think, but it might be it might be the original in this one or two versions. But it's good. Uh, the Bechdel test in this movie? No, right? <laughs> Susanna uh, talks to the uh, uh, Bechdel test. No. Um. Female characters we know. We've got we know the waitress, Susanna, Susanna. Sally Dibb, but she doesn't interact with anyone but those two guys. Yeah. Um, there is another nurse later on. All right. The mother of the, where they knock on the door. The mother. It's just her. Yeah. So, no. No, no, no. 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 I didn't think so. Um, so, it's time to get back to talking about the the rest of the story here. Um, we've got, uh, we're, at, you know, we're actually at the farmhouse when they knocked on the door. Uh, he's lying, saying he's part of the AC Nielsen uh, company, and uh, he's trying to come up with a lie. And basically, uh, Raymond starts freaking out. Uh, so he basically tells tells her the truth. Uh, this man is my brother, and he's gonna he's gonna lose it if he doesn't see uh, people's court in about three minutes. And uh, the woman says, "I don't know. We're pretty picky. Is it'd be okay with cartoons?" And then you see a smash cut. They're all watching people's court. And the kids aren't really happy about it, but they're all watching people's court. And I noticed the uh, the kids are all brothers and sisters. Um, they all got the same last so name. So apparently, uh, they were gonna have two kids for the mom in this mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the I guess the parent that brought the kids brought their whole group of kids, like mm-hmm. six or seven. They're like, nah, throw them all in there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, put them all in there. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, after this, um, Raymond's doing the, uh, who's on first, uh, again. And, uh, 
Charlie's like, you know, this it's not a riddle. You're not going to figure it out. It's a joke. It's like when you do it, you're not funny. You're the comedy team of Abbott and Abbott. He's like, you know, you're trying. You're saying it's, it's not a riddle. It's a joke. It's a joke. Um, and this is where uh, um, after this is uh, Raymond um, says, uh, "Funny Rain Man," and uh, and uh, Charlie figures out who, who who's the you're the rain you're the Rain Man. And he gives him the old picture of uh, him holding him oh, or whatever when yeah. he was when he was, when he was a little kid, a little kid, maybe one. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, and, and they Raymond says, "What was that song you used to sing to me?" Oh, it was, it was a, the Beatles song. I saw, I saw you standing there. Yeah, and he's and he's like, uh, he said, "You waved to me." He said, "Bye, bye, Rain Man. Bye, bye." Yeah, uh, that's pretty. Uh, pretty sad. Yeah, we still don't know what was going on. We know the mom died. Yeah. We yeah. know uh, we know probably the dad was overwhelmed. We know that uh, we don't really know this when we talk about it, but uh, Raymond is 25 years older than yeah. the brother. Well, they don't, well, the, the actors, actors, the actors, the, the actors are 25, right. But, and they, the two of them played the part pretty much the same way that those ages. Yeah. Um, so that's a big giant difference. It is. In, in it age. is. And, he, and uh, Suzanne even mentioned that earlier. You, your dad must have been like 45 when you were born. Yeah, yeah. Well, the mother mother had to be in like her early 40s at least. Yeah. And but you know Raymond, you know we find we find out we find out that you know Raymond, you know you know yes. we find out that what Raymond is, you know who he is, what he is. Well, I'm missing something. The titular main man. <laughs> <sighs> Raymond is the titular character. Yeah, he's okay. the titular Rain Man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a, he's running the, the bath water or whatever, and uh, the water's hot. And uh, Raymond starts freaking out and saying, hot water, burn baby, burn baby. And then we realize that. And enough of the story comes out that more than likely, mm -hmm. Raymond was getting a bath or drawing a bath for mm -hmm. the baby mm -hmm. and burning with water. And that's probably what made the dad realize yeah. that I can't watch all of them all the time. Mm -hmm. Raymond can't be a caregiver for the baby. Raymond's got to be watched over by someone competent. Right. So, right. And so Raymond left. Yeah. And more than likely, that's one of the reasons that uh, the dad was so cold to uh, Charlie, because he blamed Charlie for the loss of his wife, the loss of his other son. Yeah. And he was stuck with Charlie. Yeah. And that came through in their relationship. You know, yeah. As things, as they grew up, they grew apart. Yeah. That's a pretty sad realization. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't really explain that in the movie, but you slowly come to the realization, this is probably what's going on, probably what did go on. Mm -hmm. And now we're here. We're, we're here where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we get, uh, so next we're there in the laundromat and uh, Raymond is washing in the dryer. And you're like, I bought you this, this uh, TV and, you're, bucks. and you're watching the dryer. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about how the red red shirt or something always falls in the same way. Yeah. And uh, they arrive in Vegas and they're stopping at a diner. And uh, I notice he's watching on TV. He's watching the. I can tell by the names, the player names, are watching the Reds Reds Giants game on the TV. Um, 
I could just tell by the names. They mentioned uh, Brenly, Maldonado, Davis. Brenly later was a manager for the Giants, Rob Brenly. Um, and uh, there's a tabletop jukebox uh, at the diner. And he realized that he memorized every song. Yeah, uh, Raymond is just flipping through it really quick. Yeah. And it's just making this noise. And, mm-hmm. and Charlie's getting annoyed by it. And a song comes on. And Raymond gives the uh, J2 yeah. number for it. And he looks yeah. over and flips over. And there's that song. And he uh, he flips over and starts calling off songs mm-hmm. on the on the list that Raymond was just flipping through. Yeah, and he's calling out the the letter number combo to, to punch up the song for all of them. Mm-hmm. So he even though he just kind of flipped through really quick, he saw and memorized all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Charlie realized uh, I'm going to count cards now, and uh, you see Charlie go to a pawn shop. And later he mentions uh, it's a $3,500 Rolex. He goes yeah. to pawn shop to pawn. Um, and they're going to get fitted for suits in the very iconic escalator scene. <laughs> yeah. You see them both coming down the escalator dressed identi- identically. Um, you know, yeah. if you see any one scene from this movie, that's the scene. Yes. It's the iconic uh, escalator. Um, they get to the blackjack table um, and, uh, you know, one of the uh, security guys mentions like how much have they won? They've oh, they've already been gambling. How much have they won? It's like eighty five thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, you know what they need to make because he had gotten a call about the cars being um, repossessed mm-hmm. because of their loans not being through, and and all the people who put money down for those four cars and wanted their money back mm-hmm. twenty thousand a piece past four. They need eighty thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and because I don't got it, but they're about to go to Vegas, and now they got it. Yeah, yeah. And this is where, uh, in here, uh, Raymond wanders around the, from the table and wanders over to the, the wheel. And he's actually saying, Wheel of Fortune, like all these fabulous prizes. Yeah. And uh, doing the quote from the beginning of the, the old quote from the beginning of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he actually, like, he's like, Yeah, 20 is going to fall. He's like, You sure? It's like, Yeah, 20, 20. So he puts $3,000 on. He's not even close. Yeah. So what were we going to say? Um, um, so I was reading that. Uh, Apparently, if you pay attention, the blackjack dealer shorts them 100 in chips before this in one one of the bets. And this indicates that the the casino is a dirty casino, that they'll do stuff like that. If you don't Mm -hmm. pay attention, they'll Mm -hmm. short you. And Raymond is supposedly never wrong about the numbers. Mm -hmm. It's his savant, okay? Yeah. So when the wheel comes up a different number, it shows that they're probably manipulating the wheel if you follow with the okay. Charlie's always right. Okay. I'm sorry, Raymond's always right about the numbers. Yeah. So it, since this can be something that can be manipulated, it probably is. Another okay. indication that the casino is dirty. Yeah. And of course, uh, a little bit later on, the, the casino decides that they're somehow counting the cards, a right. six deck card, which almost no one can do. Right. And he says, look, uh, he says, you're invited to leave. Uh, you know, <laughs> don't you know, keep your mouth shut and leave. And that's the best odds you're ever going to get. Yeah. You know, but right. if you've seen any other casino movies where they think someone's cheating, you know, they're probably absolutely right. Right. Shut up, take the money and go. Yeah. So do you think that's true on the wheel? They were cheating or is um, it just that he was bad at the game? Like he assumed, like Charlie assumed he, no, he I, would I like, know the answer to the game too. It's it possible because of the, the cyclical nature of it that maybe this is the one thing he couldn't get, but I'd rather go with the Raymond is right about numbers. Yeah. 
I remember earlier the dryer spinning. Right. The red always falls in the same place. Oh, that yeah. Foreshadowing for true, this. True. But then it didn't. So I think that's an indication that that's things aren't quite on the up that this little casino wherever they are. Yeah. Um, I don't think they ever mentioned exactly what the casino is. So. Yeah. So, and they don't say that, you know, this is going on or that's going on. But, you know, if you follow with the characters, then the logical conclusion is other, yeah. other things are going on as well. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the next we have, uh, they're in a casino there and uh, the prostitute comes up and, uh, you know, basically she's wanting a date with Raymond. And uh, she's the one that mentions he seems to be young to be your brother. Um, and, uh, you know, basically Charlie says, you know, he doesn't have any money, honey. Um, and he, uh, Raymond mis uh, misunderstands that they are going to have a date later. Like it's clear from when we leave the scene that she's not going to be back at 10, but Raymond thinks that. So they think that too. Um, so he's disappointed that, you know, she doesn't show up or whatever. Um, and uh, Charlie says, how could you not like that suit? It's not Kmart. And he says, Kmart sucks. Um, and it's where he teaches them to dance, which is pretty sweet. You know, uh, teaches them how to dance. They're both, in his nice hotel room and both dressed up in suits. Um, yeah, the uh, hotel after this hotel security invites him to leave. Um, now Susanna is back and she stops the elevator and she's dancing with him and, you know, telling him, you know, you're a very good dancer. And this is where he kisses her. Uh, she kisses him, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, uh, Charlie is talking to the uh, the caretaker from the uh, from the the place, um, and uh, about Raymond and uh, basically wanting his half of his money essentially. And uh, Raymond with the toaster oven, he turns it on. He can't get it open, but it's still on. And he's going to probably eat something else, but it starts burning. And uh, Charlie uh, Raymond can't open the door. All it is is a normal, like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, slide. Uh, I can't think of the name of it. Um, slide lock or whatever. I can't even think of the name. Uh, bolt. Um, anyway, he can't open the door. And uh, and Charlie realizes he can't. You know, he can't live, you know, he can't yeah. take care of him. He and can't live a, by himself. It's a similar scene to the, the what we led to believe was the baby in the bathwater scene. Yeah. Right. Certain little things he'll miss. And you never know what it's going to be. Yeah. You never know what the ultimate trouble will be, but he can't be on his own. Yeah. He has to be watched 24-7. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, Charlie takes him back to Walbrook. And uh, now Barry Levinson's here uh, playing another doctor, trying to determine, you know, if Raymond can, you know, if Charlie can take care of Raymond. Yes. and. Uh, he asked them, what did you do this week? And uh, Raymond says, we counted cards, count yeah. cards. And, uh, he's, and he mentions he kissed Susanna. And Charlie's like, what? You kissed, you kissed her? <laughs> what? Um, but uh, all through all this, Charlie realizes he needs to stay at Wal uh, Walbrook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they say goodbye. And they're at the train. And, uh, and uh, they say goodbye at the train. And... Uh, you know, Ray says, you know, it doesn't, you know, I don't have custody of you. doesn't mean I can't see you. You know, I'll see you soon. I'll be there in two weeks. Two weeks. And then uh, Raymond mentioned three minutes to Wapner. And uh, um, 
And uh, an important little thing is about to happen mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie. Raymond never looks him in the eye. Yeah. And at the oh, yeah. here at the train station, yeah, Raymond goes in the train and, and Charlie's like, goes, Raymond, Raymond, and Raymond pops his head back out and they look at each other. Yeah. And it's the only time Raymond looks at someone. Right. In the movie. Right. He says, uh, one one for good, two for bad. One for good, two for and, bad. And uh, he said, uh, one, one, yeah. one for good. And we'll be back after this. Who's playing first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name on first base. Who? The fellow playing first base for St. Louis. Who? What are you asking me for? What is this? Why is he doing that? Who was on first? Whenever he gets nervous, he does who's on first. You know, from Abbott and Costello? Yeah, why? Why? It's his way of dealing with you touching things. His books and stuff. First. So he memorized who's on first. Yeah, that among other things. Raymond. Ted Kluzewski. 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 Ted Kluzewski. Big clue. First base. Of course, of course, he was trained for Defundi, 1957, lifetime batting average, 298, big, books. big, big, he big, reads, big, huh? big Reads and remembers whatever he gets his hands on. Oh, 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 Vern, beat your hand. Of course, these people are going to be here all day, Vern. This is an unannounced visit, Vern. This is, this, is, this is definitely not a weekend visit, Vern. He's getting anxious. Oh, it's okay, oh, Ray. Vern. Oh, 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 this is, this is an unannounced visit, Vern. Put it back. He said not to touch the books. Not to touch books. You like Shakespeare, Ray? I don't know. <laughs> Did you read all this? I don't know. You don't know? Vern. Did you read Macbeth? I don't know, Vern. You read Hamlet? I don't know, Vern. Read The Twelfth Night? Stop it. Yes. 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 You read all these stories that are in this book, and you don't know if you read the book. I don't know. You're in. You don't know. Maybe you better put it back. You don't know. Okay, no, Ray, Ray, take it easy. I'm not gonna, I won't touch anything else, Ray. Just... It's okay, Ray. It's okay, come on. My main man. Yeah, Vern, my main man. My main man, Vern. It's okay, Ray. Yeah. My main man. Yeah, We are back here on the podcast talking about Rain Man. And it's time to play one of the trivia games we play here often. Uh, we've been, lately, we're playing the game called Weird Algorithm, which is a, uh, you take the IMDb app, and instead of looking at a cast list of a movie by billing, you can click on something now that says popularity, and we're going to try to guess the popularity of a certain movie. We don't know ahead of time, we're quizzing each other, we, we know it's a movie we're familiar with, and the, um, the popularity can vary a lot based on if someone has a current TV or movie, uh, TV show or movie, and also it doesn't matter how big your role is in a movie. For example, Bonnie Hunt is in here a little bit. If if she had a new TV show, she might be number one. Might be ahead of Tom Cruise and Dustin true, true, true. in this movie. So it's time to do that, and would you like to quiz me first, or you want me to quiz you? Uh, let's see if you can pick up on my movie. All right. Can my movie is glory. Okay. 1989? Yeah. Big Oscar winner there? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you saw it. Yeah, I have. aware of it? Um, a lot of really big actors in it, but do you remember who they were? I, I, I can think of three people that were definitely in it, and I cannot remember anyone else. Uh, that's the way I feel about nearly every movie out there, unless I saw it in the last okay. week. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say Denzel Washington is number one. I'm going to just go ahead and say you're right about that. Okay. Okay. Not a, not a surprise. I'm going to say that Matthew Broderick is number two. Interesting. I'm going to say that Morgan Freeman is number three. Interesting. And who are the other people in there? Well, you got, uh, let's see, let me go back down here. Okay, so uh, 
dun, dun, dun. you got uh, Andre Brower, Ethan Phillips, yeah. Mark Margolis, Jay Sanders, Carrie Elways, oh, yeah, Paul Gundon, oh. the, the, the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Oh, okay. Carrie Elways, I was trying to think. I knew I had kind of have an image of someone else there. He was the uh, more dickish of the white commanders. Okay. So well, I'm going to say uh, Andre Brower, number four, because of Brooklyn Nine-Nine mm-hmm. and all of that show. Um, and then I'll say Carrie Elwes. You got all five, not in the correct order. Really? Uh, Morgan Freeman, two. Okay. Carrie Elwes, three. Broderick, four. Andre Brower, five. Interesting. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I started kind of watching little clips of that on, yeah. on various little things. I'm like, ah, I haven't really watched the show, but it's ending. So I think I'm going to go ahead and start. The- That's good. It's consistently. I've been watching it since it premiered. It's always, always really good. And I'm ever, and I would say it's never been great, but it's always really good. Like every single I saw episode. some kind of condensed 10 minute version of, I guess the pilot of yeah. this episode. And I'm like, I liked a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm not, you have to watch the it's, whole episode and it, a lot of interesting corporate characters. It is really good. Like consistent, like every week, I swear it's every so, week. It's really good. Um, but there are yeah. a lot of shows out there. I feel I should be watching, but there's not enough time. Yeah. Craig Robinson has a recurring character on that show. That's really funny. Really funny. Um, it's his niche in the world. Mm-hmm. The funniest, best steam ceiling recurring character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, makes me wonder about Keenan's new show. Keenan Thompson has a new show on, I think it's NBC. Yeah. Uh, I've heard from promotions about it, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I have seen a picture, and Don Johnson's in the cast. Okay. Yeah. Really yeah. Uh, what's Don Johnson? He plays his father-in-law or something, maybe. I can't I'm remember sure what it is. Yeah. So, but uh, I like Keenan Thompson. I liked him for a long yeah. time since Keenan and Kel way back when Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I like the work he does in my life. So I'll probably watch at least the first couple episodes. Yeah. Um, so it's time for you to guess uh, a movie now. The movie you're going to try to pick. Oh, you got five for five. You didn't get five for five. You got all five in the top five, and you got the first two. You know, you, you skip Morgan Freeman. As yeah. Show, you put Broderick in there. Um, getting the top five is, is I mean, all the five. Difficult. And it was, I, I'm happy if I get Probably three the first time five. that's happened, we've gotten the if first I'm, I'm happy if I get three out of five. Yeah. But, I mean, five out of five, it's, I'm surprised. I think you're the first of the two of us in this game to get all five. I think so. Especially the fact that I couldn't name Three more than three people, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so your movie is A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men, I actually love this movie, yeah. Um, I'm gonna rattle off a bunch of names and see if I put them in order. Of course, Nicholson Cruz, um, Demi Moore, um, the guy from The Usual Suspects, his name I can't remember, Kevin Kevin Pollock, yeah, um, Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland, um. There's a guy in this movie when when people describe him, it's always they always put the word "great" before his name. Santini, <laughs> the great J.T. Walsh. Oh yes. Every time someone mentions J.T. Walsh, it's yes, the great J.T. Walsh. He he did always have these juicy little roles. Um, okay. You also got- have Christopher Guest. You also have Cuba Gooding Jr., Xander Berkeley, Noah Wiley. That's right. Noah Wiley. It's probably one of the first roles I remember him being in. Uh, who played the, the bigger Marine? Was that Xander Berkeley? No. Because uh, it was like one of his few roles. He only had two or three roles. 
He was in like an actual Marine or something like that. Uh, I don't remember. Okay, let me think. So, I think I get enough here. Uh, Cruz, Nicholson. It's also one of my favorite tent ball games for the Kevin Bacon game. I'm going to have to go Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Kevin Bacon. Um, Kevin Pollock, Demi Moore. All right. Uh, number one is Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. Number two is Jack Nicholson. Number three is Demi Moore. Number four is Kevin Bacon. Four to five. Number five is Kiefer. <sighs> and then you have Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Plays Man in Bar. <laughs> Christopher Guest. Who was Christopher Guest in this movie? I'm trying to remember all he was, he was on. He was on The Stand. Dr. Stone. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, Joshua Molina. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Xander Berkeley. Noah Wiley. Kevin Pollack. Way down there. Way down there. Um, James Marshall. J.T. Walsh. And most of the rest of the names are not names I really have. Faces I know, not names that are well known. So, yeah. So, yeah. A few good men. One of uh, Reiner's best movies. Yeah. Yeah. Top three. Yeah. And uh, Josh and Molina that's in that is going to be in a movie we do sometime. Uh, Bullworth. He's uh, he's in that movie. So. He's in what movie? Bullworth. Oh, Bullworth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And we did our game. So now it's time to talk about who's your guy. Who's your guy in this movie? Who's my guy in this movie? Um, man. You know... Who's your guy? There's only there's two main characters. Mm -hmm. um, Susanna, uh, the doctor. Um, you know what? I like Gerald Mullen. Mm -hmm. I think his credit is Jerry Mullen in the movie. He's one of the producers. Mm -hmm. Produced the last movie we worked on. We talked about Jurassic Park. I like his character in this. Mm -hmm. I like the way he delivers it because his character is pretty fairly no nonsense and he's trying to get across to Cruz that things have to be a certain way mm -hmm. and he's not trying to be dickish but he's trying to make Charlie understand and Charlie doesn't understand because he's got too many other issues and problems with his mm -hmm. family and not the least of which is he just discovered that he had a brother that he completely forgot about mm -hmm. um and I thought he delivered that part very well. Throughout the, he only shows up a couple different scenes throughout the movie. But I think he delivered it very well. Mm -hmm. um, so he's my guy. Okay. I'll pick, uh, as far as the acting, Barry Levinson, his, his little part. I just like seeing yeah. him, uh, you know, like seeing Barry Levinson in there. I think uh, you and I talked about this before the podcast. And I, uh, when I first saw this, I would have no idea that it was Barry Levinson. Yeah. But now, as soon as I saw it this past week, Barry Levinson's in this movie. How could I not know that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because when I first saw it, which is the last time I really saw it, mm -hmm. you know, I had no idea that, that was who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's good. I like seeing him in here. Uh, villain. This time, um, it's time to pick the villain in this movie. Before we do, we're going to go over the top 10 villains list. Um, at the bottom, we have Kaiser Soze. Your buddy from Baby Driver, The Thing from The Thing, Hans Gruber from Die Hard, Brick Top from Snatch, Nino Brown from New Jack City, The Xenomorph from Alien, Nurse Ratchet from Cuckoo's Nest, Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz, Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs. Who is the villain in this movie? All right, so I haven't really thought about this too much. 
I almost might be on the top of my head, but Charlie's the hero. Mm -hmm. It's his journey. The tagline for the movie and everything, it's his journey of discovery of himself and his family, his brother. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look at it from that perspective, you know, it's a road trip, it's a a hero's journey, that kind of stuff. Um, The biggest impediment to him to getting from one point to the other is Raymond. Mm-hmm. Raymond's the villain of the piece in that sense of mm-hmm. impeding the hero's journey. However, there's no one in here that's really villainous, mm-hmm. except actually Charlie himself yeah. in re- dealing with his, his business yeah. and such like that, and the way he, he, he's reacted to all this news about his family. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also the hero. Um, but I can't... Uh, because it's his journey and he, he successfully gets to the other end of it. I can't put him as the villain. I can't really put a villain in this movie, mm-hmm. except to say that it would have to be Raymond who is the mm-hmm. biggest impediment mm-hmm. and I would never put him on the list. Yeah. So, so Rayman wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be more. I'm not, even sure. I'm not even sure if I would <laughs> yeah. declare him the villain. I'd right. say in, the, in the hero's journey aspect, mm-hmm. you could say, yeah. I think you have to say that Raymond is the villain, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even say he was a villain in this movie. Yeah. I can't even say this villain, this movie has one because yeah. it's, I guess it's a different kind of story, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's more, I guess it's more of a, a journey of self discovery, but Raymond is the mirror and the reflection because they're brothers. Right. They should be the same, but they're so different. Mm-hmm. And it takes that long journey for Charlie to get to where he needs to be from being a dickish salmon. Dickish salesman to a more well-rounded human being. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, yeah. No real villain, but even if they do, there's no way they make the list. No. So. no. Even if you pick one person over another for whatever reason, they're not going to make our list. No. No. And I really don't see a true villain in here. Uh, only a in theory on paper type villain. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So... It's time to talk about the list. Where would this be on your list? Would this make your list, your top one? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure if it would. I really mm-hmm. like the movie, but there's so many good movies out there. And, and without actually having a list, mm-hmm. if it's anywhere on my list, it's, it's at the bottom of the 100. Mm-hmm. Probably in the 90s if it's there or just outside the 100. It's a really good movie. I like Barry Levinson. Mm-hmm. I like I like actually Tom Cruise in this movie a lot more than I did when I first saw it. The second viewing and... And having read other people's opinions of of his character, um, especially like Michael Caine's view of this mm-hmm. uh, role, so I really like it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if it's on my list. Yeah, but it's on your list somewhere. It is on my list. That is true. And I was so far off. Yeah, I'm a, little, the last. a little disappointed in you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this okay. going to be the time? Is this going to be the time? Is this going to be the first? Exactly right. Exactly right. The question there is. There are 60 chances. Can I, can I figure out exactly where it is? This is like movie number 62, probably 63, something like that. No. Are you trying to give me a hint? Because 62 is open. <laughs> <laughs> Not trying to give you a hint. All right. <clears throat> um, I believe you said this was your favorite Tom Cruise performance. Yes. Um, this was from the 80s when you were at your heyday of watching movies, I believe. Mm-hmm. I want to put Senior it high, year in high school. I want to put it higher up on this. I think it's got a more sympathetic view. You know, I guess 29 for the last one. I'm going to go 29. 48. 
Closer, but not us. Number 48. Right behind Nurse Betty. Yeah. 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 Number 48. Um, You know, usual stuff. Used it. Loved it when it first came out. Still love it. Still great. Still like, I started watching it again for this. Um, Forgot how great it was. Like, yeah. Uh, I definitely like it more now. Having rewatched it. Mm -hmm. And especially uh, Cruz's character. Mm -hmm. Cruz's acting. Um, I understand it a lot more. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. Pre- I should say I appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. So it's, it's 48. It's great. Um, uh, as far as what didn't make the list, I guess I mentioned, uh, probably just mentioned other Tom Cruise movies. Um, there's no other Tom Cruise movies on my list. Um, you know. Um, Leave their, not Leave their own. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of Jerry Maguire is what I was thinking. Jerry Maguire is, is great. Um, Collateral. Collateral is great. Risky business. None of the Mission Impossible. None of the Mission Impossible. Risky business. No. no. Um, he's got a lot of good movies. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of great movies. That just not in my wheelhouse necessarily. Or they, I, I, I guess Jerry Maguire might be closest to making my list. Um, you know, I considered it for the list, but didn't make it. But you know, obviously, uh, Tropic Thunder didn't make your list. No, but that was close too. That was close too. Um, you know, that, that movie, uh, I think it was called American Made a couple years ago. It was pretty good. I think it was called where he was like a, he was like a pilot and. Um, oh yeah. The, the, the drug cartel thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, was, that was pretty good. Um, but you know, didn't make it. But anyway, a lot of great Tom Cruise movies out there, obviously. Um, so what do you have to plug? You have any plugs? I have no plugs at this time. Not even mm-hmm. for hair. Okay. Uh, plugs. I want to have, I want to plug. Uh, I mentioned uh, I've been rewatching the wire lately. Oh. And it made me think about it because because it's in Baltimore and Barry Levinson was a producer. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Barry Levinson because he directed this movie because he's from Baltimore. Yes. The Baltimore here you get to hear the Baltimore accent in The Wire, and uh, also a few good men because I was thinking about because Kevin Pollak does a great Barry Levinson Barry Levinson impression doing the, the Baltimore the Baltimore accent the Baltimore accent. Uh huh. It's Baltimore. Um. And, and I noticed in the later seasons of The Wire, they hired a, uh, a a a school principal, a woman, and a guy who was like a police captain. And I think they specifically hired them because they're from Baltimore and they're doing the Baltimore accent get the right that, way. Get that, get that flavor in there, right? Balmer, the Balmer accent. Uh, they make they mention that jokingly in the show many times. Balmer County. Balmer. Is it, is it actually Balmer County or is it the way they say it? Apparently, shortening or bastardization of Baltimore. Apparently, the way they say it in the Baltimore accent is Balmer. It's Balmer. Or it's just like a. Oh, Baltimore becomes Balmer. Right, Balmer. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. But The Wire is a great show, anyway. You don't have to watch it just to hear the funny accent. But, anyway, The Wire is pretty great. Um, and, uh, you know, so. And it's time to talk about what we're doing next week. Uh, next week. Uh, Get ready for baseball season because it's coming up next week. Um, you should uh, get scouted by John Lovitz. Uh, play play baseball for Walter Harvey. And remember, there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. No. There's no crying in baseball. baseball. That's right. Uh, next week, we're talking about a league of their own on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. You? Here's a rain man?
Who took this picture? T.A.D. And you live with this? Yeah, 10961 Beach Crest Street, Cincinnati, Ohio. When, uh, when, when did, when did you leave? January 21st, 1965. You, you remember this? It's Thursday, very snowy out, 7.2 inches of snow that day. Is that just after Mom died, New Year's? Yeah, yeah Mom died January 5th, 1965. And you remember after. that day? You remember that day that you left? Short, short and sudden illness. You remember that day yeah. that you left? Was I there? Where was I? You were in the window. You waved to me. Bye-bye, Rain Man. Bye-bye, Rain Man. So you, you, you were the one that sang to me? Yeah. What, 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 what did you sing? What, what, what was that song? What did you sing? What? She was just 17. You know what I mean, and the way she looked was way beyond compare. So how could I dance with another? Ooh, I saw her standing. Can I like you when you sing to me? We sing any other songs? You like the Beatles? Yeah. Oh, 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 scary. oh it's a scary band. Scary band. Oh, it's a scary band. What's scary band? What's scary band? How water burn baby? Water? How water burn baby? What baby? Me? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Okay. 